Midnight. On the Midnight Train Podcast, we discuss Turnbull Canyon and a special listener request segment on Bachelor's Grove Cemetery. So sit back, grab your drink, turn the volume to 11 and... Warning. Listener discretion is advised. We say things like, Is basting a rump roast sexual harassment? Woof. Woof. I'm a motherfucking dog. Red Dead Redemption caused my divorce. And... Did anyone actually like the band, Bare Naked Ladies? Cause I thought they sucked donkey dick. All aboard. Passengers, and welcome to season four, episode three of the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark to light. What's that mean? Well, you guys know what that means. We make fun of and joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer, and with me always is the man that has a virtual cornucopia of voices constantly circling his brain pan. It's Jeff Butchko. Yay. So no applause this week for him? No, because I suck. Oh, okay. (laughs) There it is. So listen, I got a surprise. Okay. All right. So we're going to do a new thing on the show. And I haven't told you guys about you guys. A lot of new things all the time. So this is going to be a new thing going on. And during my introduction, after I say hello, from here on out, there's going to be a word of the day. I'm going to randomly pick a word. And the three of us, without trying to overkill it, we're going to try and throw that word in as much as possible throughout the episode. That makes sense. You can't just wing out the word, right? Okay. It's got to make sense in, with what you're reading or what you're talking about. Okay. And I'm hoping if Moody's paying attention, I'm hoping I, you can get the applause. I want this to be like Pee Wee's Herman, you know, when he has the word of the like day. Like a secret word? Yeah. So today, ah! <laughs> all right. So all right. we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to pick a new word every, every week. And then. Listeners and fans, I want you guys to go on Facebook and drop that word in stories. Tell us stories with that word, okay? All right. Now, All right. do not abuse this, people. You ha- it has to make sense. Yeah, you can't just shoehorn it in there. Yeah, All it's right. got to make sense. Okay, so today's word, you guys ready? Okay. Hoagie. Oh. <laughs> like the sandwich. How in the f- do with it what you will. All right. And good luck. All right, let's let's see how that That's goes. Gonna, you guys are going to keep me on my fucking toes Yeah. Today. And with us, of course, is the purveyor of the paranormal and the guy who brought the high life today. Woo! It's Mr. Moody. Hi, Hi sir. Guys. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Thanks that was for the champagne. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome, man. You're welcome. Yeah, that's figured, awesome. You know, why the fuck not? Right. Yeah. How was the uh, the camping trip? I saw you had a little trouble with a uh, raccoon. <laughs> I hooked a rock at it. It went away. <laughs> there was two of them. They were accosting my wife. That's so hilarious. Cause I had to run home and let the dogs out. When I came back, I was like, I'll take care of it. And then there was one, I just saw its fucking little head come out. I was just like, wham. And I chucked a rock and it's I didn't hit it, but it took off. I didn't see it again. So oh, man. have Danny get a hold of the skeleton sisters and ask about how to deal with raccoons. So they grew up in Joycey and they had to walk alleyways. We went over this on their podcast, but with, with switchblades, right? And leather jackets and leather jackets. And yeah. they, they did it in song. Yeah, so, like, so if you think the Ohio raccoons are tough, the Jersey ones, bet, yeah. they're in song and walking on the street like, 
Yeah, I mean, they're just minding their own business and yeah. they're playing and they walk by and they're like, what you got in that bag? Yeah. Like, wait, whoa, Mr. Raccoon, what? I don't have anything in this bag. What you got in that bag? Very nice. <laughs> uh, all right, you beautiful bunch of dark passengers know that we are just three goofballs and assholes that love history and can't get enough of the mysterious. We want you all to know how much it means to us that you're actually listening to our goofy asses right now. All right, because it does. It means a lot. Your reviews and support really do make all of the hard work worthwhile. And in saying that, please stop over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now and give us a five-star review if you are able to. You can leave any review you'd like. Surprise us. Doesn't matter. Say anything you want. You can also find us on Spotify by typing the Midnight Train Podcast in their search bar and click the follow button. You'll then get each episode as they're released. And Patreon subscribers will be getting a special movie trivia bonus episode where Jeff and I We'll be going head to head to see who the biggest movie nerd is. Face to face. <laughs> so sign up and check that out. All right. Let's turn down the lights, adjust our seats, grab a drink, and let's get spooky. But first, here's a toast to all of you beautiful motherfuckers. Everybody fires. Everybody fires. So there's, there's a legitimate reason why I played that song. So over the weekend, I was eating a hoagie. There we go. Sorry. There we go. See, I, I, there we go. I wish we had video. You'd see us looking at him like, where the fuck's the button? Look, look I'm working on some And I had some here. farts. I'm and I'm like, you know what? I, I started to feel bad, but then I'm like, everybody farts. So they, they do. Yeah. The funny thing is, is that I was not eating a hoagie. And no more than a half an hour ago, I farted next to my daughter <laughs> and I apologized immediately because uh, she hasn't been around for the past couple of weeks or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Is She's like, Char Charlie, Charlie. Yeah. And she just looks at me and goes, it's OK, Dad. Everybody farts. Have you ever cupped it and threw it in their face? That's called cup of cheese. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to do that too. Used to do it all the time. And I would get looks. I'd be a, like Target, you know, walking around. I'd be like, and throw it in my son's <laughs> face. He'd be like, you know. In his little high chair. <laughs> it, it <laughs> tastes, people are like, it tastes like ketchup and, and, and disillusion. <laughs> oh, I don't like it. I thought they were going to call child services, but oh. that's so funny. There's still time. <laughs> There's still time. All right. So we here at the Midnight Train Podcast strive to bring you guys crazy and creepy shit each week. That being said, we don't always like to rehash the usual things that you hear on other podcasts. Therefore, this week we are bringing you a two-for-one of places you may not be aware of. Wow. Yeah. We're uh, usually on top of these places, and uh, one of the three of us usually knows about the week's subject. Uh, this week, however, these topics are new to us and hopefully going to be new to you guys. So an eerie duo of haunted places that will creep you the hell out, uh, make you want to go and uh, actually probably visit them because uh, I did do a little bit of reading on this, and uh, I, I kind of want to go visit. It sounds like a really fucked up, really cool place. And uh, first up on today's train ride is a place we came across during some research on creepy places. And uh, it's a place in California called Turnbull Canyon. Yes. So that, by the way, is a mouthful. Trying to get Evan to say that it took me like <laughs> a thousand times of like splitting the words up because he's like, Turnbull, 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 Turnbull. Like, seriously, try and say it smoothly. Go ahead. Me? Yeah, yeah. Turnbull. No, no, no. See, you paste it out. Like, do it fast. Like, someone catches you off guard. Like, Hey, what are you doing? Oh, Turnbull. Like, it's hard to... Turnbull. Turnbull. You, you just did it pretty good. Yeah. Turbo. It sounds like turbo. Turbo. Man, that's turbo. 
<laughs> what happens when things go bad, Isaiah? That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, see? Canyon. <laughs> Turbo Canyon. I mean, it could. I mean, oh, from, man, from, I'm in Turbo Canyon. From what I saw, that could be a pretty good name for it anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's a tur- Turbo Canyon. So let's talk about the Turbo Canyon. It's Turnbull Canyon. I'm going to be doing that now the entire time. Yeah. Damn it. So Turnbull Canyon is located near Whittier, California. It is part of the Puente Hills uh, Preserve. The Puente Hills are a chain of hills and uh, one of the lower transverse ranges in an unincorporated area in eastern Los Angeles County, California. And every time I hear that, I have born in East L.A. in my head. Nice. You know, and if you guys don't know who that is, it's Cheech Marin of Cheech and Chong. Amazing song. Hey, Dave's not here, man. (laughs) Dave's not here, man. Hey, man. Dave's not here. No, open up the door. I got the stuff. Who? Hey, look, man. Space Coke. (laughs) Dave, man. Come on. No, I'm Dave. (laughs) No, Dave's not here, man. That was one of my favorite because I've never, I didn't know about Cheech and Chong. So I was like probably 14, 15. I think it was like one of my friends or family. They're like, dude, you have to watch this movie. So we watched Up in Smoke. It was the first yes. time ever. And the scene where he comes back from the UFO and he's got the bag. He's like, look, man, space coke. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's a thing? Dude, if you guys listeners out there aren't familiar with Cheech and Chong, because I mean, they were 70s um, yeah. comedy and uh, they did a bunch of comedy skits and stuff before it was cool. Before you had like um, Lonely Island and shit like that. These guys were doing it and it was fucking hilarious and it was all about smoking weed and and having sex with just <laughs> random chicks and and stds and all kinds of shit. it was just amazing the songs were awesome like the I mexican have, mexican americans love their nanas and their nidos <laughs> and their nanas uh, so i got a bunch of records from my mom and dad's basement two 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 cheech and chong records with the, the rolling papers nice. they didn't one of them come with rolling papers in with it? It, those are gone no really no. yeah <laughs> No, but those, like, uh, there's two of them that I got. They're they're phenomenal. No, they're great records. Fuck they're yeah. awesome. They're awesome. So anyway, yeah, go check out Cheech and Chong. They're fucking awesome. Anyway, so Turnbull Canyon is uh, mostly used as a hiking and workout area with a four-mile trail loop that most people use for jogging and biking and, well, you know, all kinds of extracurricular shit. Sounds pretty nice, right? You know. Do you CrossFit, bro? Bro, I CrossFit so hard. Bro, I run five feet and, like, as fast as I can, and then I do, like, ten rib curls. I got to if I'm going to eat these hoagies. And that's how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. So you, you kind of, you put it in, but it makes sense, right? Oh my God, that's hilarious. Um, so it's a beautiful canyon area with trails in Southern California that you can hike, bike, and explore in. Okay, it sounds great. And uh, well, now hold on because, uh, you know, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Huh? The crazy stories of this place start way, way, way back. And it's pretty fucking brutal. So centuries ago, local Indian tribes called what is now Turnbull Canyon. Dude, I've tried so hard to find a definition or a thing for this word. No idea. That's why I left it to you, buddy. And I tried to get a translation on it and everything else. Um, the word is Hatakna, right? Uh, yeah. Does that sound right? That's pretty cool. You don't close. know what that yeah, is? That's, that's what I would say. Yeah. yeah. And it's H-U-T-U-K-G-N-A. Hatakna. That's when the trail goes up on a slope and peaks to the right. <laughs> Dude, look it up. I'm not. I'm not bullshit. It actually roughly translates uh, to the dark place. Exactly. You were close. See? Exactly. You were close. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because if you go up into the right, you end up in, in the, dark the dark place. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, what, I mean, I've always heard it that way. But. Right. Well, it's not exactly a pleasant name for a place that seems so sunny and inviting. The Indians in the area considered the area forbidden ground and refused to set foot there. Then came the Spaniards. Oh yes, the Spaniards, and they were just complete fucking dicks. They refer to the Indians as uh, Gabrielinos. 
Gabrielinos. Gabrielinos. Can we reenact? Can you do Spaniard? A Spaniard? So I could be Indian. You want to do that? God, is this going to get racist? I don't want it to get racist. I, I feel like it's just going to end up being like a bad Mexican. Eh? Like, yeah, really? it's going to be yeah. Cheech Marin. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a Spaniard. Yeah, I mean, well, he's Mexican. And I don't know what's a Spaniard. I guess a Spaniard is just it's Spanish, yeah, right? They got that different. Uh, they all have like different dialects and like different ways. They right. speak. You know, yeah. a Spanish guy sounds way different than a Mexican. Yeah. So stop being racist. I was just I wanted to do my Indian. It's just from, do an Indian. It's from Napoleon Dynamite. Do it. Do you ever see that movie? Yes, yeah. where he finds the arrow. He's like, well, I'm around the arrowhead on North Town Trail, going on walking on sunlight. On to every Native American out there, we apologize for that. That's in a movie. <laughs> is that guy? Is that guy an Indian? Yeah, remember Native American? I thought he was just like a farmhand. I didn't know he was like. But he's Native American. He's got the feather and the you know he. I don't Does know. he? Yeah, he did. Watch the Napoleon Dynamite. He had the headdress. Yeah, and they talk about it. He's like, oh, sweet arrowhead. And he's like, no, nah, I'm there. I'm going to look right now. You ever see, uh, what was it, uh, the movie uh, Click, where Rob Schneider is yeah. the, uh, yeah. the Native American guy yeah. with the headdress? And he's like, I give you now. Okay. <laughs> give car Ferrari. <laughs> what, what's the one where he's, uh, I don't know what race he is, but he uh, he's wearing like the tight jean shorts and he's got the unbuttoned shirt and he's always like getting hurt. Was that? The that's date, uh, the that's, date 150. Uh, 51st dates. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. Where he keeps getting bit by he's Hawaiian. Hawaiian, yeah. Yeah. He keeps getting bit by. He's like, about the sharks. You he's know? got the handlebar mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's hilarious. That's pretty epic. So, anyway, the Gabriel, Gabrielinos, due to their proximity to the local San Gabriel mission. Okay. So, here's where it gets shitty. It is said that the Spanish forced the Indians into the canyon against their will. After this, they forced the Indians to convert to Christianity. Hmm, imagine that. Those that did not convert were slaughtered. It was said that the Spaniards thought that making the uh, the Indians or Native Americans face their fears and it would help the Indians to embrace the faith that brought them there. So Christianity, you know, get in there and you either become Christian or you're going to, you know, get slaughtered. And of course, you're going to go, eh, I guess I'm Christian now. So <laughs> now I kind of feel bad about my reenactment. Yeah, we well, should. Yeah, I apologize. That was pretty harsh. All right, well, I'll redo it real quick here, okay? Yeah. Over there, arrowhead south under the sun. <laughs> there you go. Much better. There you go. Well, it turned out that the opposite was true of most of the Indians, uh, the Native Americans, excuse me. Uh, they refused to convert and resigned themselves to their fate. According to a Spanish soldier of the day, the Native Americans said that now there was no hope, and a shaman was said to have commented, quote, now we remain for as long as the sun rises and sets in the sky. Ominous, to say the least. Today, some visitors say they can feel the gaze of a hundred eyes on them as they explore the canyon. And most people report this feeling near the water tower in the canyon. So basically, it's the eyes of all the Native Americans that lost their lives during, during, during the Spaniards. Me. This fucking Spaniards. Is that better? Is that a good Spanish accent right there? Huh? I think no, it's good. That kind of transversed into a like a Canadian thing there for a minute. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're, we're a cornucopia of That's uh, right. culture. That's right. Listen, man. So after the Spaniards moved on, the east side of the San Gabriel Valley was now Rancho La Puenta uh, by William Workman, who was a banker and land developer. So he's the one that called it that. In 1876, Workman was ruined financially, which led to his suicide four months later. <laughs> Sorry, dude. A Scottish immigrant by the name of Robert Turnbull. Turnbull. <laughs> there it is. Robert Turnbull. Although you did that pretty good. You did it quickly and it was, Turnbull. It was smooth. Turnbull. Moved to the San Gabriel Valley in the 1870s and made a small fortune through real estate. After Workman's suicide, an advisory committee was formed to regulate bank loans. 
While sitting as an advisor on the committee, Robert Turnbull, damn it, <laughs> came across an opportunity that allowed him to buy land in the canyon for a cheap price. All right, so this guy comes in, and this is what he's calling it, Robert Turnbull, you know what I mean? So he's going to start buying up stuff because, of course, unfortunately, workmen died before any of this happened or killed himself, shall I say. I wish I wish I lived back in the day where you could buy land like that for so cheap. Remember, what was that, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kim, far and away, where they ride the horses and stake their land? Yeah. And it was like cutthroat. Dude, there's still places across the United States that you can get land so, so inexpensive, but you can't do anything with it. There's still a ton of land out there. And we know that from touring. But yeah. Like a lot of people are just like, oh my God, everything's overgrown and population. Listen, get in your car and just go west. There is nothing for oh, miles. Yeah, you can find and miles. all kinds of shit. Absolutely. There's still a ton of land. Except there. don't go to Colorado. I found out that they have like this weird um, water thing that if you, let's just say you go and you buy some land, that the water under the land, you don't own that. It actually belongs to whoever has the rights for the water under. So if you go to put a well, you're technically stealing somebody's water. I just found this out the other day. Is that is that all of Colorado? Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's all, but it's definitely... My, uh, my folks own like 30-something acres in, in like Colorado? So, in southern Colorado. Yeah. And do they probably have rights to that? Then they probably had to buy the rights, that maybe? I, I, see, I have no idea. I haven't heard anything about that. Why are we not moving there and making a studio there? I, Dude, I want it. I want to go. I, I would. What part of Colorado? Uh, they're like... They're in between the New Mexico border and Pueblo. Pueblo. So they're Pueblo. like Pueblo. they're like fifty. They're like forty or fifty miles. The land is like forty or fifty miles like north of the New Mexico border. Dude, we oh, should nice. go on a UFO hunting trip there. How many acres? Well, about thirty something. Oh yeah, that sounds some, fun. We'll rent some uh, four wheelers. Yeah, and some EVP shit. So in case there's ghosts in the dirt and try not to die. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fun. Moody, so, you pack the hoagies. <laughs> so. Speaking of water, due to a stream of water running through this land that he was, uh, you know, developing and whatnot, Turnbull, he became a um, success at raising sheep. While making his name as a shepherd, he also developed a reputation of being a drunk and a loudmouth, which is awesome. A group of Quakers moved to the area and decided to, to develop a settlement for their people. They made several offers to buy Robert Turn Turnbull's, damn it, that word land but but terrible never accepted their offers until one day the quakers offered him thirty thousand dollars a fortune during and that time period what year was this uh this was in the late 1800s right oh my god can you imagine that much money back then yeah you go like to the pub and just be like drinks on me make it rain yeah and you put a dollar down and everything's just oh, no. for the rest of the night that's for just, the bottle right right <laughs> i'll take that one bottle how yeah. much does it cost one dollar so anyway he decided to sell so one night in 1888, Robert Turnbull was leaving one of his favorite taverns because he's kind of a drunk. Uh oh. The St. Charles Hotel and was arrested for public drunkenness due to falling off his horse. He tried to pee in the street, didn't he? <laughs> no, he fell off his fucking horse. Just Can you imagine back in the day? It's like you think it's bad getting in a car right now. Yeah, and it's horrible. Don't drink and yeah, drive. Yeah. But you're up on a freaking horse and all of a sudden you're too drunk and then you just right off what is that oh, yeah. freaking five foot right. onto the ground jesus so, so first thing quick. i'm gonna do is fucking tell them quick <laughs> so real quick uh thirty thousand dollars i just went with 1885 mm -hmm. worth uh about eight hundred thousand dollars today jeez that's it just shy of a mil i mean that's still a lot that's, yeah i thought it was so i thought for, it'd be higher for a bunch of quakers coming in that's there not you bad. know what i mean like yeah so again he fell off his horse and the next day he was released and while entering his home his housekeeper mary kate noticed that Robert had several bruises all over his face and body. She reported 
Well, he fell off a fucking horse. <laughs> I know we're thinking the same thing. Yeah, I was waiting for Ashley Olsen to show up, too. I, I, I looked at you, and you looked at me, and we're like, why is it not being mentioned? <laughs> well, she reported that it looked like he was involved in a brutal fight. After taking a long nap, Robert got up the next day, and Mary told authorities that he didn't seem quite like himself. And he left the house wearing mismatched clothing, including a hat that actually belonged to her. <laughs> he's walking out with a sun hat with like flowers Jesus on it. Man, Kato, be back. <laughs> so worried. So worried about the fucking hats. I'm fine. Does this skirt look all right on me? <laughs> Where's my fucking horse? <laughs> what is it, like 120 degrees? So... The next day, two children found his body floating face first in the Los Angeles River. Oh. Yeah. The coroner stated that Robert died from a blood clot that developed from a head injury and that it was very possible that Robert was murdered. Shortly after that, the Quakers renamed the canyon to honor Robert, and that is how Turnbull Canyon got its name. Wow! We'll be right back after this message. Every morning. This episode of the Midnight Train Podcast is sponsored by Voodoo Vodka. 20 times distilled, made from pure cane sugar and handcrafted right here in Ohio. Vodka can be smooth and voodoo proves it. Drink it straight, chilled, or in your favorite mixed drink. Ask for it wherever you buy your favorite liquors or head over to voodoo.com and subscribe to their mailing list. While you're there, pick up some voodoo merchandise and use the promo code Midnight Train Podcast, all one word, to get 10% off your entire order. That's voodoo, V O U D O U X.com. Promo code Midnight Train Podcast for 10% off. And you can now buy this delicious vodka online. So order some today and drink with us whenever you listen to the show. Voodoo Vodka, it's magic. But now we return to your regularly scheduled program. After a little history lesson to let you know where the canyon got its name, we get back to the creepy shit here. Next up, we have uh, um, cult activity. Like, yeah, cults, you know. Oh, like robes and seances and yeah. goat's heads. Like legitimate satanic baby-stealing cults. Yes! That is Chancellor Tinted's favorite! <laughs> so chapter two in the book of fucked up things on this canyon starts during the Great Depression. During this, inc this these incredibly tough times, people of the area began hearing rumors of strange new residents of the canyon. A large group of men and women with no children moved into the area. They were said to wear dark robes and engage in strange rituals each night. Now, I know what you're asking yourself. Hey, guys, any idea what these rituals may have been? Well, you're in luck because we certainly do. We know what these are. Was there one guy outside? He's like, Galima. <laughs> Galima. Galima. Suck the dick, Galima. <laughs> well, or at least we have the, uh, the reports of what they say happened. So a witness once snuck into uh, to get a closer look at the going on. Or what was going on there and uh, what he saw completely terrified him. Completely terrified him. Chimbo. Yeah, thank you. My mouth's like me. So he said he witnessed a young boy uh, at, you know, 12 years of age at the most strapped to a cross in the center of a circle of people. He claims the people danced in a circle chanting in a language he did not know. We <laughs> <laughs> we are Mumboy. I shall call him Simba. <laughs> As time went by, the chanting increased in, in intensity and in speed. And the cross was hoisted upright and a cloth was stuffed into the boy's mouth to keep him from crying out loud. 
<laughs> Jesus. The oh, cross boy. was then let down and hoisted up the other way. So upside down. Adios. So the witness realized what was going on. They were making an upside down cross with the boy on it. They began to repeatedly strike the boy, sending blood flying everywhere. Eventually, the blow stopped. The witness was relieved to see the boy was still alive. However, what he saw next was equally as strange and fucked up. They lowered the cross and removed the boy. They just took him off the cross and stuffed him in a sack and took him away. Like, ah, hey, we're done. There you go. Take little Tommy and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's just fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, they, uh, the witness ran back to tell the, uh, the tale in town, but nobody believed him. That is until a month later when a rash of kidnappings plagued the area. The townspeople gathered themselves and their weapons and headed to Turnbull Canyon to confront the cult. <laughs> the but unfortunately, huh? angry pitchfork. Yeah, mob. the mob. Yeah! <laughs> Let's get him! Now you guys know this was fucking Hillary Clinton and Epstein and all those guys, right? Dude, too soon. Wow. Too soon? No, no. Wow. What is that? What is that place called? There's another place up there. Um, Pizza Gate. No, 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 no. There's another Grove. It's fucking <sighs> Garden. Garden Grove. Oh, God damn it! It's gonna piss me off. That supposedly they they like they have their fucking little cult activities and shit at. And why can't it? It's in California. Too. Who the elite? Yeah, the elites, the, the Illuminati. Yeah, the Illuminati. Fuck, why can't I think of what it's called now? Uh, you'll think. Oh of it. God. I think it's called Clinton Grove. Possibly. <laughs> Pedophilia Manor. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, so they go back, and um, you know, the unfortunately though, they, as they went to go confront these guys with their pitchforks and their you know sticks and you know torches torches and everything yes. else um the cult had actually scattered they were gone all right as for the boy he was never seen again bohemian grove bohemian grove that's what it is let me go that's a, that's a completely different thing so it is said that the cult supplied other cults <laughs> with sacrifices they would sanctify and prepare the children for their ultimate fates um recently strange graffiti was actually found in the area it said die jesus harmless wait die jesus is what it said why would you oof that's can you imagine going there and you have some semblance of knowledge of what happened there and then you get there and it just says die jesus i mean i would put yeet on it that's for you melissa i don't even know what that is. <laughs> so you know is it harmless graffiti or you know someone fucking around or the return of some bad people to a bad place and maybe someday we'll actually find out about that in the following years some more interesting historical happenings occurred in the early 1930s william hot hate hot I think it's hate hate h-a-i-g-h-t hate mr hot i hate everyone sorry that's a cleveland joke people yeah so william hot or hate made his mark as a rainmaker with his invention of the electrodome his device would generate negative electrical currents into the atmosphere and create a pulsating direct current from the ground to the sky i'll call it the electrodome Welcome to the Electrodome, bitch. <laughs> I have Two a name man for enter. it. One man leave. <laughs> I have a name. Rainmaker. No, 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 no. That sounds lame. Yeah, dude. it sounds. How about the Vectra Scooter? Try again. No, no, no. Um, um, shit. Uh, well, it creates electromagnetic. The Electrodome. Sound. <laughs> So his invention would allow people to create rain, displace fog, and could even prevent frost from forming on crops. His uh, smaller model, the Electrodome, was actually a success, but to produce a more effective result, hate or hot, damn, we'll just call him hate, would I'm, require I'm, I'm a- I'm pretty sure it's hate. Okay, would uh, require a serious, some serious financial support, which he did not have, because he wanted to make it bigger and better, of course. You it's know? like a weather machine almost. Yeah, well, he's, yeah. he's trying to you know, create, you know. Years later, Obama would actually make this and there use it. There was a guy, 
there's a guy that did something similar before him in uh, like the San Diego area, I think it was, and it like rained for like four fucking days, and there was this huge flood, like all this crazy shit. See, that's pretty amazing. See, so unfortunately, global warming my ass. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, didn't have the uh, financial support. So due to some financial support from a citrus farmer, John Dodrell, William was only able to build one one big tower that was based off of an old existing oil tower located in the Turnbull Canyon, with the laboratory sitting on an 80-foot tower, the electro Electrodome. I wish I had an echo in there. Electrodome, dome, dome, dome. Yeah, we need effects, like onward yeah. effects. Yeah, that we have to, so we gotta figure that out. Um, it reached 125 feet from the ground to the sky. The final test of his experiment happened on New Year's Eve at the stroke of midnight in 1932. Stroke. Yeah. There is no mention in the media of the results of the test, however. And, however, the Russian government at the time was very interested in Hate's invention and used it for themselves. Of course they were. Like, hey, this guy, he makes perfect machine. Hey, uh, you... Hey, uh, Yuri. Yes. Do you you know anything about the Electrodome? I believe I gave him name for that. Oh, that was your idea. It was. It all me. He he want to call something like rain shower. I say no. This 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 not good. So I say, Electrodome, dome, 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 dome. And it worked out perfectly. Oh, okay. He cool. made a recall. So currently, more advanced versions of the Electrodome, dome, 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 are currently being used by the United States government, Japanese government, uh-huh. and a company called the Australian Rain Technologies. Ooh, all right, Chris Ruminski can confirm this. There is a fucking weather machine. I'm telling you. Yeah, dude, the fucking heart program. Yeah. <laughs> like all these hurricanes. I'm telling you, man, it's a real legit thing. There is never a more. <laughs> Just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck yeah, yeah dude. dude. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? So, in the 50s, another tragedy would impact the area. On April 18th, 1952, a North Continent airline operating under Robert or Robin Airlines, excuse me. <coughs> was on a flight from New York City, New York, to Burbank, California. After making several intermediate stops, um, flight 416W was redirected to Los Angeles International Airport due to bad weather in Burbank. The plane was on an instrument landing system approach to LAX. While the landing gear was fully extended, the left wheel of the plane struck a ridge near the Turnbull Canyon, causing the pilot to lose control and causing the plane to crash into a steep hillside. The plane exploded into flames instantly, and all 29 people on board were killed. That's all because of the Electrodome. That's dome. all. No, it's fucked up. That's fucked up. It could have been the Electrodome. Yeah. They were like, hey, now I know I have a better <laughs> idea to use this thing. <laughs> well, dude, we don't want to blow a plane. Was it the, Rus- yeah. the Russians? <laughs> no, don't blame us. Okay. We, we have enough shit. We don't need. No, no. <laughs> so after the investigation was completed, the official stated that the cause of the crash was due to pilot error. So what a dick. The pilot fucked it up. The pilot was flying below the minimum altitude of the area, and it was suspected that the pilot couldn't see the runway due to fog buildup and decided to fly below. You know why? Electrodome. The electrodome, dome, dome, dome. Fog buildup, unraveling a fresh new hot hoagie. Oh, Jesus. I mean, if you guys want to get on the scoreboard, you got to pick it up a notch. That was a stretch. Yeah, that that was. You're lucky I gave that one to you. Okay, that was was a stretch. Yeah, that was definitely. I'll, so, I'll, I'll watch myself. So the investigations also found Robin Airlines had more than 40 violations that included charges of overweight planes, demanding an excessive flying time for crews, 
and failure to use approved seats and safety belts. More bad juju added to the pot. They were just milk crates. Which is (laughs) probably why you don't hear of Robin Airlines anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, what's that plane? It's working great. It's fucking, fucking awesome. You spin it by hand. That's yeah. what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You spin it by hand. Or you wrap up the rubber band and like tighten it real tight yeah, and just yeah. let it go. Like, That's the one you see the guy out there fixing the plane with a roll of duct tape before you take it off. Yeah. Oh, I got this. Don't worry. Don't worry. Gremlins on the wing. Just don't go too high up. That's all. So the next tale is a strange one. There is a creepy old wrought iron fence with warning signs saying private property and that there is a guard dog. Folks call this Hell's Gate. Ooh, you like that? Hell's Gate? Yeah. See, again, we need Hell's Gate. 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 (laughs) Legend has it that beyond this gate used to be an insane asylum known for its abuse and mistreatment of patients. Well, they just have everything over there, huh? Yeah, it sounds like it. That's why Moody brought it to the table. I'm like, that sounds amazing. Yep. And uh, apparently it was very, very, very fucking bad. Uh, like an insane asylum from back in the day was a great place to be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's go to the insane asylum. Yeah, one lobotomy, two lobotomy, three lobotomy, four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so fucked up. So yeah, the, which is funny. I would love to actually dive into that one of these days too. Like how like they practiced on uh, patients and shit like that. Like the frontal lobotomy, how that was actually brought oh, to yeah, the table. Like, yeah, we just should definitely There's a do good that. Uh, American Horror Story season on that. Whole yeah, time. for sure. And it's all based off of real <laughs> shit. So um Eventually, there was um, a big, um, what's it say? There was a big for the destroyed. What? What is this? What? <laughs> what does it say? A big fire? fire <laughs> I told you. I have made that. I told you uh, that I spent, I, I was typing it in there while camping and trying to pay attention to my children. And tripping on brownies. <sighs> no, no brownies. No. So it says, eventually, there was a big fire that destroyed most. That would have been spelled right if I was tripping. (laughs) It actually destroyed most of the asylum, and it was obviously abandoned. The legend continues that one night, a bunch of rowdy, drunken, and high teenagers, after being told to remove themselves from some uh, old man's lawn, ventured past the Hell's Gate and come across the old abandoned asylum. So this sounds like the plot of any 80s freaking horror movie right right now. Absolutely. As they were messing around in what was left of the joint, one of the teens grabbed an old electroshock helmet and put it on. Fucking Riley. (laughs) After he placed the helmet on, he was said to have been pumped full of electricity and died. The strange thing is, is that they say the electricity had been off for over 20 years at the old place. So wait a second. He put on a helmet that was obviously had a cord hooked to it, right? Had to have. I would assume, yeah. Well, a regular helmet's not going to be charged after that many no, years. To I imagine shock it. You. I, I imagine it looking like one of those just like chrome Magneto? helmets, with like the shit coming off, like of the it. Magneto helmet. No, oh, like yeah, Professor sure. X's, like the uh, what cerebro. Is that? Yeah, yeah, cerebro. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like for sure. I'm but, totally uh, going to kill you. Movie trivia. Yeah, yeah. Fuck your face. All right, we'll see. So, based what they're saying though is is that <laughs> the electricity was off for over 20 years. So when he put it on, they were probably, oh, it's not, it's, it can't be charged. Uh, and then it actually shocked them. One thing I read was basically the uh, <clears throat> the uh, the account is that he put it on and was like, ah, I'm going to fry, I'm going to fry. And then apparently, boop. Oops. He fried. Supposedly. Yep. Sorry, guy. They call that <clears throat> Murphy's Law. 
supposedly. <laughs> so while this is a great tale, we were unable to find any definitive proof that uh, that this event even took place or Aww. that there was even an asylum, 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 asylum in the area. But it still makes for a great story. So it's an urban legend. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's there's it's weird because I read a lot of things that claim that there was definitely an asylum there. And then then there's a lot of people that are like, there's no fucking way. There's no records. But then there's supposedly proof of like, is there a foundation or like, well, there's some shit later on that you'll hear about that okay. kind of lends credence to that. But so there are some videos on, on YouTube of people venturing beyond the gates. And it seems that it's mostly just overgrown with brush and some slaves of concrete and pipes coming out of them. And uh, could those be remnants of the asylum or something completely innocent? Who knows? According to one article, a person claims that someone they knew went past the gates and then it just eventually led to someone's backyard. So there's that as well. You know how these things go. Yeah, there's a I watched a couple of the videos on YouTube and the gate itself, like if you read the stories about it, it sounds pretty cool. Like it's like this big wrought iron gate. It's really creepy looking. It's like the one video. I, it's, it's like three like, foot high rusted. Like, like, well, no, it was like remnants of a wrought iron gate with some like chain link fence around yeah. it that you could just like. Well, I'm like, okay, yeah, looks uh, real scary, guys. But I can you. But if you look at some like the older pictures and shit of it, it's it's a pretty creepy looking gate, man. Huh. There's like two big like concrete pillars with like the gate in the middle. So it could have simply been somebody's home at that point in time back in the day. Who knows, or something man? Like that. Yeah. yeah. So at this point, you guys might be asking yourselves, hey, guys, could there possibly be more crazy shit going on here? The answer is, well, yes. Yes, there is. There are reports of what people call the, quote, hanging tree somewhere in the canyon as well. Um, Moody actually found two stories about a hanging tree that seem to be the most prevalent. The first story is that a man decided to end his life by hanging himself from a tree in Turnbull Canyon. Now, it happens often, yeah, unfortunately. It is said that on the date and time of his death, you can see his ghostly body hanging from the tree. Pretty basic, but still creepy. The next one's a, a little more of an urban legend sounding story, but still pretty awesome. Story goes that a guy and his girlfriend were driving through the canyon and the car they were in broke down. Was it a Ford? It, probably. The guy told his girlfriend. <laughs> the guy told his girlfriend not to let anybody in the car. <laughs> why would you? Why would you have to say that, babe? I'm gonna go over here. Don't let anybody in, because yeah. you know, because that shit happens around here. What, what if no? they have candy? <laughs> no, uh, nobody. All right, lock the doors. Nobody. What if I have to say hello and I have to crack the door to say hi? Look, you're not listening to me. Don't open the fucking door. What if he gets too hot? I need air. You know what? Open the fucking door. I don't care. At this point, I don't give a shit. I don't care. You don't just... tell me what to do. <laughs> God, I hate you. I want more kids. So anyway, he got out and, uh, you know, to just told her not to get let anyone in or whatever. So he's going to go for help. So after a while, she heard what sounded like rain hitting the top of the car. She eventually dozed off while waiting. She was, uh, uh, uh did, what? What now? <laughs> How long was he gone? What? <laughs> Hold on. What it really says is she was stolen to a police officer tapping on the window. <laughs> oh, see? Awoken. All right. What really happened is <laughs> she was awoken to a police officer tapping on the window. She rolled the window down. Uh, ma'am. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to open this. I can't open the door. <laughs> no, seriously. I'm a police officer. You can open the door for me. I promise. I promise. You can open the door for me. No, open the fucking. I can't even open it for air. <laughs> I want my kids. So again, she was welcome. She rolled the window down, and the officer asked her to get out of the car, but not to look up when she got out. As she got out, she ventured a look anyway and saw something horrific. 
Her boyfriend was hanging from a rope tied to the tree above the car. Ooh. The sound she had thought was rain was his blood dripping on the roof of the I car. I didn't see that coming, did you? Yeah. Well, you, you researched well, it. Yeah, I fucking knew it was coming. That's pretty good. I like that one. So, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's, that's it's an urban legend thing, but it's pretty good. I like that yeah. one. Yeah. And these are both interesting stories, but the first one seems like it could kind of be, you know, where so, there could have been something there. I just want to say, if you liked that story, that little tale right there, uh, this is for the listeners. Stick around till the end, because there's another one that you're going to like as well. All right. Oh, you hear that? Teasers. teasers. Yeah. Whoa. So, Jinx, <laughs> you owe me a hoagie. <laughs> oh, that one worked. That was a good that one. That one worked. That one worked. <laughs> So there are uh, different reports on the exact tree that supposedly was the home uh, to either one of these incidents. So, you know, I mean, it's probably, I would imagine that somebody probably did hang themselves. I mean, that's what I was thinking. When I I found those two stories, that that first one, obviously the hanging part seems very plausible to me. I'm sure that it's happened at some point. Yeah. I mean, it's a tree. (laughs) You know what I mean? I imagine that most trees have had. If it's accessible, yeah. I was gonna say apparently there's a lot of good diff, a lot of good hanging trees over there because there's like I said uh, when I was looking I didn't find any definitive. There's a couple of spots that have um, more more like uh, more backing to like certain areas where this it's definitely this tree. There's like a couple that are more prevalent, but dude, there was at least when looking for maps, I was kind of looking for maps and shit to see if I could find anything, and I probably found at least twelve to fifteen different like locations of this tree hmm. I, was, I was like okay and there's a hanging tree and there's, there's a hanging a, tree and over okay. there <laughs> see that tree over there that that's, was that's a, hanging a hanging tree, tree. yeah <laughs> especially back in the day dude a lot of trees were hanging trees oh, yeah. all right yeah. anyway so on top of these strange things there are numerous reports of ghostly sightings throughout the canyon including reports of seeing ghostly children swinging from trees like they were hung Ugh. with that kind of history you know it wouldn't surprise anyone to be honest with you there are also videos of UFO sightings floating around on YouTube taken from Turnbull Canyon. Aha! Yeah. It all comes together. Videos of strange orbs and lights can be found as well. There is also supposedly a gravity hill there with reports of eerie things happening in the specific area as well. Now, we all know that there is a perfectly scientific explanation for gravity hills, but they still seem to always have odd things happen around them. There are tons of other stories that can be found about violence and brutality. For example, ran across a story of a police officer killed when his car was speeding through the canyon and drifting around the uh, curves and slammed into the police. <laughs> no, the, what? What now? God damn it. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to start proofreading him. No, so, no, it was uh, basically there were some kids speeding around in the canyon, drifting around corners. And a cop was driving through, and the, the car came around a corner and slammed into the cop car. Well, clearly the Fast and Furious movies weren't out at that time, so it was. I honestly don't remember when that was, like what year or anything. It could. It. I, it seems like it was somewhat recent, like I would say eighties or nineties. I listen, think it was. Young people with fast cars have always done dumb shit unless you watch Tokyo Drift and then you understand how it works. Yeah, I've never seen that anyway. <sighs> so then there was the story about the woman who was cut and, and uh, she was all kinds of shaved up and, and dumped down into the canyon to die. She luckily ended up surviving, but there are many other incidents with people who weren't so lucky. So is Turnbull Canyon a dark place as the Indians had suggested? Are these spooky stories just that, just stories? Well, there seems to be a lot of truth mixed with fiction. It can be hard to tell which ones are true or not. Even the plane crash, which was found to be documented in several places and even with photos, um, can be disputed by some people. In one article, 
A man stated that he always sees and hears things when he goes in on bikes and uh, and when he goes in bikes in the canyon and can feel a presence sometimes. Another man claims while hiking something was actually following him and his friend through the brush. Um, through the brush. Sorry, brush. That's bush and brush combined. That's brush. I like it. It's new. It's brush beer. Brush. They should get a big brush. Um, they <laughs> they could hear it close to them, but they could uh, they couldn't see anything. And they said it sounded big. And then another woman wrote, "Quote." After my journey of reading up on Turnbull Canyon, the only real threats to be aware of are rattlesnakes, white supremacists, mountain lions, and drift car racers. Oh, my. Regardless of what you believe, <laughs> it sounds like an awesome place to check out. And with that kind of history, it seems possible that something, something is going on there. Wow. We'll be right back after this message. Every morning. But now we return to your regularly scheduled program. So we wanted to bring you guys another quick trip to a spot that was actually brought to our attention by a listener. We're going to touch on a place called Bachelor's Grove Cemetery. Bachelor's Grove Cemetery is just northwest of Midlothian and Oak Forest near the Rubio Woods Forest uh, uh, Preservation, Illinois, or Preservian, Illinois. What is that? on the Midlothian Turnpike. It's uh, near its intersection with uh, Central Avenue in the southwest Chicago suburbs. Oh, okay. So it's a preserve there. It's a Rubio Woods Forest Preserve in in Illinois. Gotcha. So this place was actually suggested by our listener, Chef Kevin. Yay. That's my boy. Yeah. So here you go, Kevin. And we hope you actually enjoy this. So the land surrounding well, we bachelors found, we found out that he went there you said that right? yeah Jeff? you were just talking yeah, about this so he called me a while ago he's been a, a fan of the show for a long time and uh he's like dude he's like i'm going to this what's it called bachelor's Grove. Bachelor's, bachelor's Grove. Grove. he's like his girlfriend was taking him on a valentine's day like getaway dude, that's awesome and they were gonna sleep like in the cemetery so he was supposed to he was gonna get back to me let me know if anything happened i didn't he didn't get back to me obviously so i don't know if anything did happen or All if right. he's got like photos or stories but we'll find out well, hopefully hopefully this uh hopefully he's got some stories that coincide with this we could put yeah. a little uh that'd be, be cool sweet. yeah so let us know how we do on this one kevin so the land surrounding bachelor's grove cemetery was originally settled by english homesteaders who relocated to the area from new england including stephan rexford <laughs> my name is stephan rexford it's not steven yes do not call me steven i will stab you in the thorax am i the only one that that bothers by the way it does bother when me. someone says their name is steven and it's spelled with a ph i just want to fucking punch him stephen it's stephen 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 it's stephen it's stephen stephen it's stephen yeah you're you're not calling someone on a phone <laughs> <laughs> there you go exactly <laughs> Sorry. Arguably the most well-known of the first wave of Anglo settlers around 1833. The actual cemetery was originally named the Everden Cemetery after the original holder of the property title, uh, Corintha Everden, who purchased the land at the first Illinois public land sale in 1839. She sounds like a, she sounds like she's a bad bitch is what she sounds like. Oh no, it's Miss Corintha. Oh my God. We don't want to deal with her. (laughs) You bitches get off my lawn. So the site saw its first known burials around 1836 and contains 82 lots and 200 graves, some of which were never sold or used. So it's just empty graves or or plots. Apparently there's some, yeah, some empty graves, some empty plots. Okay. Hey, come on down. We got graves here, 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 here. Buy one, get one free. Don't step there. Don't step. You can step right there. That one's taken. Yeah. But so, for $50, you can have the one next to it. Eh? Eh? 
Let's make a deal. So burials, however, possibly go back as far as 1834 when German immigrant workers killed while working on the Illinois and um, Michigan Canal were reportedly laid to rest at the site. So, reportedly, reportedly, supposedly, they mostly come out at night. (laughs) Mostly, mostly. So the first thing we'll discuss are the phantom houses in the woods behind the cemetery. Although there have been no houses in these woods for quite some time, you can actually still see some foundation stones. And people still give accounts of heading into the woods and encountering random phantom houses that tend to just pop the fuck up. Uh-oh. That's fucking crazy. Just yeah. like I was just here yesterday. That house was not what the fuck? Can you imagine? And then some old creepy guy comes out. <laughs> We've been here for years. <laughs> We've always been here. We've always been here. And now you're here too. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. That sounded like a really bad movie. Uh, people will report coming across a house while hiking that's never been there before or setting a house or yeah, seeing a house that uh, has been. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Look, man. Look, man. What? Uh, were you, were you swiping this info in? Seeing a house and then it being gone when they came back. That's what it's supposed to be. It actually says setting a house, then it being gone when they come back. <laughs> setting. Whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i love you it's so funny it's fuck off. <laughs> so hey you can suck my hoagie all right like oh that? he's on the board hey. ladies and gentlemen <laughs> so the following was written by pete crappia i'm sorry about your name pete <laughs> dude i saw that and i was like oh man <laughs> that's a rough Mr. one crappia we have your imagine, test results can you imagine growing up with that name in no. high school oh god uh, Hey, look, it's Pete Crappy. <laughs> crappy, crappy Pete. Who are you going to the sock hop with, Pete Crappy? <laughs> Pete shit his pantsia. Is that his name? <laughs> He's actually founder of the Bachelor's Grove Cemetery. What do, they, what do they call that flower that goes on your wrist that you give the girl? A corsage. <laughs> what kind of corsage did she give you? A crappy one? <laughs> <laughs> so, Pete Crappy, a poor guy. Founder of the uh, Bachelor's Grove Cemetery and Settlement Research Center. So, quote, the legend of the disappearing house is the most popular story told. The most common description. <laughs> you got knocked up by that crappy kid. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. I love Pete Crappia. Your new boyfriend's a lot crappier than your other one. <laughs> oh, no. So, quote, the legend of the disappearing house is the most popular story told. The most common description is a small white two-story house with a porch. It has also been described as 1850s to 1890s vintage and Victorian style. Other common descriptions include a light shining through a window on the second floor, a swing hanging over the porch, wooden pillars near the porch, as well as a small picket fence close by. Why should Victorian homes are always like the spooky ones? Because they're just old and they look spooky, you know, because it's like a classy, but just old they're creepy it's like the it's like the stereotypical fucking creepy haunted house just the way it looks with like all the fucking like peaks and the arches and all the fucking do you think our when our grandkids are older they'll think ryan homes are creepy (laughs) (laughs) they are creepy yeah oh god God. those things are put together with duct tape and toothpicks it was plywood they're gonna be be long fucking gone yeah right the first one shit, shit ain't gonna last. <laughs> so initial sightings of the house uh, are likely to have originated as far back as uh, the mid 1950s with early 1960s reports being prevalent so if you google bachelor's grove cemetery the phantom house there are some pretty cool articles I'm about gonna, it i'm gonna google it i want to see what it looks the like. article the article that i got that quote from from mr mr crappy mr crappy uh it's it's fucking long and there is some 
insanely cool shit in there. Yeah. And he's, it's like a whole website. I found a bunch of really cool shit about that. And it's like, it's like a research society and they have, um, it's just, it's almost like a user submitted type deal. Like there's people that send in old pictures and like, Hey, oh, this awesome. story from here and went here. And this dude like puts everything together. So the crappia, yeah, crappia, poor crappia. The there's like I a found, million ghosts <laughs> behind trees. Like if you Google image it, there's like fucking 30 I didn't even, of them. I didn't circles. Really look, yeah. I didn't really look at the images much. I looked at a few, but the article about the phantom houses is fucking phenomenal, man. And it's really long, really in depth. So that's awesome. Um, so Basically, they, they, like Moody was saying, they get really in-depth, and in, uh, including having recent discoveries of photos of houses in the area uh, from the early 1900s, one that resembles a common description of the Phantom House. Mm. You can also find some videos on YouTube of witnesses to the Phantom House phenomenon. So that picture, too, it was, it was funny because I was reading, uh, I read probably four or five different little articles before I got to that big one, mm -hmm. and they were all like talking about reports of the house reports of the house but and and almost every one of them said that there is no proof that any house that looked like that description uh was ever there and then somebody sent a fucking picture into this guy of a house in that area that looks almost exactly like all these descriptions i mean the pictures of it are pretty freaking creepy I'm not gonna lie so if yeah. you guys are yeah, like yeah. ghost hunters have been there <laughs> look at this one some band <laughs> they did their promo shots there oh no way <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> i would back in the day right i, I did uh i did i had a, a band with uh my buddy justin and my buddy nate and we called it loomis because loomis was the uh from halloween from halloween right nice. so we called ourselves loomis and we went out and we got pictures taken in the cemetery and we all did the 138 sign so oh, one God. of us did one one of us did three and dude our jankos were sweet i was gonna ask you if you went to hot topic before you did those pictures no i already had the stuff you know <laughs> <laughs> so next up we discussed the dumping of bodies which is always fun popular legend has it that there is a cesspool uh being uh being their cemetery <laughs> behind the cemetery <laughs> jesus christ dude <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh my god, I love it. So behind was, the cemetery. I was under a time crunch. Leave me alone. Okay, behind the cemetery that Fuck. Al Capone and his Southside gangs used to dispose of bodies there. Which is pretty fucking cool if that was true. Yeah. There's a fence around the algae covered pond, which is uh, a drainage for, you know, one of nearby sewer system. And there is a hole in the fence that either never gets fixed or people just keep reopening the fucking thing. Uh, many people report, which is probably what it is. Yeah. Many people report strange feelings when standing around the pond. Most commonly, people report um, a heavy feeling like uh, extreme sadness or, you know, the weight of death is put upon them. Well, it's never been confirmed that Capone dumped his victims um, at the, you know, the cesspool here behind the thing. Uh, there seems to be a consensus that there's definitely something strange about the pond. I mean, aside from you know, yeah. sewage stench and just horrible nastiness, and so some of the some of the other things I read about that pond too. Um, you say pontoon? No, pond two as well. Pond two. Pontoon. Turnbull. Pond two. Are you say Pam? Electric boogaloo. <laughs> no, no uh, but they were talking about. I guess people would be there, like walking around, and like you would hear a big splash, and like look, but there was like no water disturbance. Like it sounded like something like someone threw a big rock or something big in there. And then you turn around and there's like nothing. Like nothing was disturbed. There's no water ripples or anything that's like that. Weird. Yeah, just a lot of like weird noises and shit, stuff like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So next up is one of the most popular attractions in the cemetery. The grave of a child known only as infant daughter. 
and this is kind of fucked up. Not going to lie. Immediately. I'm already like, ugh. <laughs> All right. So the grave is for a small girl. That's what the, the, the gravestone, the, mm-hmm. the headstone, it just says infant daughter on it. My family actually has our own little cemetery and we have uh, one that says like baby sayer on it, dude. And yeah. It's so like just it's disturbing. Weird, yeah. When you go to look at it. Yeah. So um, the grave is for a small girl who mysteriously died in the early 1900s. Visitors often leave small trinkets and, and toys on the grave. And people report hearing a baby crying in the early morning hours just before dawn. Also, um, many pictures of the grave have captured strange orbs, which if you look up the cemetery right now, you see people oh, yeah. with like ton. ghosts in the background. You see uh, like orbs. You see yeah. like all kinds of really new metal bands. So and even the one. <laughs> oh, there's the infant daughter one right here. Yeah. Here's an yeah, actual yeah. picture of the infant daughter one. Oh yeah, and people are putting like playing cards and stuff. The one, the picture above it is talked about in a later thing. Okay, um, but I guess the the one article I was reading was like these uh, these people went to check it out, and they were fairly skeptical. They just wanted to go check out what was going on because they heard all the stuff, and they took a couple pictures of the infant daughter grave, and uh, even they were like. Basically, it was like, you know, you can see orbs a lot of times or whatever, and we actually caught some on ours, which surprised us. And if you look at the pictures, there's a couple, like, random, like, little orbs in them. Yeah, so, but we, we've, we've talked about this. What are they orbs? Look, they looked, I mean, the one, it depends. There's some some of the pictures I saw you can look at, and you can be like, dude, it's just, like, lens flare or whatever it is. But there's some that are pretty fucking creepy, man. There's some, Do you think the guys at legit. Nikon are just like... <laughs> <laughs> Nikon. That's I just awesome. feel. I mean, I feel like a lot of them. You can tell instantly if it's something weird or if it's like, like, oh, that's just a fucking artifact of the picture. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know, Kevin. Like, if you got some photos, buddy, send them to me. Look Call for me. Orbs. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah. So probably the most famous ghost sighting is referred to as the seated lady, which if you looked up on Google, you can actually see a picture of it. That's the that um, picture that was on top. Okay, yeah. I did see that one when I searched. And it clearly depicts a ghostly image of a woman sitting on a distinct headstone in the cemetery. For decades after the photographer, he insisted that he was alone in the cemetery when he snapped the photo. Now, there's been many reports of spectral figures in and around the cemetery. A number of ghosts of human beings have been uh, reported, um, including repeated sign or sightings of hooded phantom monks and a woman called either the White Lady or the Madonna of Bachelor's Grove. She's out there like a virgin <laughs> by herself. Hey, touched for the very first time. Sorry. That would be fucking frightening. <laughs> That's scary enough. So the presence of phantom monks is puzzling as no monastery was ever in the area. And the white lady carries a baby in her arms and wanders aimlessly through the cemetery on nights of the full moon. Popular oh, myth says oh, she oh. is the ghost of a woman who was buried there next to the grave of her baby. Now, could that be the infant girl or the infant could it possibly be? No idea. Couldn't find mm. out because it's basically what I read about that. They're saying that uh, even though that's the story behind it, no one can really find any definitive proof that that happened. Like there was a lady that was buried next to her child. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's just huh. something that got made up or if that is true, but there's no real documentation because depending on when it happened, who the fuck knows. Right. Yeah, so. that's crazy. So other apparitions are a two-headed man. That seems strange. A nah. child, which... Uh, we'll see that. That makes sense. A black carriage and a glowing man in yellow. Hmm. Many reports have been made of sightings of a ghostly farmer and his horse and plow. The story goes that in the 1870s, a farmer was plowing land near the pond when his horse inexplicably uh, bolted into the water. Both man and animal were drowned. Phantom vehicles also have been reported on the cemetery's path and on the Midlothian Turnpike just outside the plot. The vehicles vanish as people approach them. 
Some people have reported seeing or being in phantom accidents. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, all right. So like you're just driving around by yourself yeah. and all of a sudden, oh, fuck's that? Oh, wait, so, wait, wait. I tried to find like accounts of that. And like, I couldn't really find anything about people talking about. So I was trying to figure out what the fuck a phantom accident was. Like, do you think you're about to hit a car and then like go right through it? That's what I would assume. Or is it, you know what I mean? Like what? I would assume that's what it is. Does your car just all of a sudden act like it got. Or it's caused by a phantom. The accident is caused by a phantom. Or is it like your car got hit by something, but there was nothing there. It's kind of like like Final Destination, except it's like somebody's pulling the strings. You're just driving down the street and a ghost hand reaches over and starts jerking you off and you get into an accident. That's the Phantom Menace. Oh, you always gotta take shit just like one step too far. That's my fucking job. No, no, okay, sorry. No, it's not at all. (laughs) So other common occurrences are flashing and dancing lights shooting at night as well as during the day. Also seen as a red light that uh, streaks across the sky over the path of the cemetery. That's Roxanne because she doesn't have to use the red light anymore. Roxanne, (laughs) you don't have to turn on the red light. Which, by the way. I was watching, uh, I was doing something at work the other day and a video came up and um, I forget who it is. It's either T-Pain or one of those guys. And the beginning of his music video was basically the same thing as 48 Hours. The <laughs> nice. beginning of 48 Hours when he comes in, he, Reggie Hammond, you know, and he's like, rocks it. It made me want to watch 48 Hours uh, movie, so bad. That movie's amazing. God, I love both of those movies. Sorry, that's just, I'm Nick Nolte. <laughs> Come on, convict. Johnny Utah. Those are great movies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the sightings of the lights were most prevalent during the 1970s. Of course they were, because there were a lot of drugs. (laughs) Other Other phenomena include sensations of unusual cold, the awareness of an invisible presence that causes discomfort, and some even report the sensation of sweaty. That is diarrhea, folks. But sweaty but invisible hands upon the skin. See, I told you, someone jerking someone off. I'm telling you, that's what's causing the accidents. Okay, it doesn't say. There's a whole thing about that, isn't there? Jerking you off. It doesn't not say that. You know what? That should be a show we do. Thank you. What? Where ghosts like sexually do. That is the thing. I know it is. People have been sexually accosted by ghosts. So when did the ghost first touch (laughs) a VP? So in the 1990s, reports began of a spectral black dog reminiscent of Black Shuck. Black Shuck is a large ghostly black dog said to roam the countryside of East Anglia and is one of the most famous of the ghostly dogs in folklore of the British Isles. The large dog is seen near the entrance to the road and vanishes as people draw near. According to lore, such graveyard dogs are either guides or warnings to visitors not to trespass on cemetery grounds. And no offense, if I see one of those, you're right. I'm not going there. Man, you're doing your fucking job there, puppy. You know what I mean? You just look over and see red. You know, like, ah, I'm good. What if it came up to you and it asked you if you were the gatekeeper? So do you guys, are you? <laughs> I mean, you got to admit that was like fitting, right? Right? Dog, uh, red eyes. No, it works. Yeah. Do you guys, are you guys familiar with, you guys are familiar with the band The Darkness, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I believe it. Love. Yeah, they're British. Yeah, and they have a song called "Black Shuck." Yeah, and I never really knew what it was about. Yeah, that's what it's. About. Oh, okay, that makes sense. How creative, great, great song, absolutely. Man. So I saw those guys live; it was phenomenal. No, they're so good. God, they're so good. All right, so there's some basics on Bachelor's Grove Cemetery. You can find some pretty cool pictures and stories online that will give you the creeps. Um, we saved one last story of the cemetery purposely. 
We saved it until last because during research, this story came up as one of the most popular tales of the cemetery. We saved it because it may sound familiar to you guys. And uh, hold on a second. Wow! We'll be right back after this message. This episode of the Midnight Train Podcast is sponsored by Aces Depot Bar and Grill. Aces Depot is not your typical corner bar. Conveniently located in beautiful and historic Olmsted Falls, Ohio, Aces Depot has raised the bar in hospitality, pub fare, and craft beer. Their vast menu and business information is available at aces-depot.com. So, stop in, grab a delicious gourmet burger or handcrafted pizza, and wash it down with one of their over 75 beers. Because at Aces Depot Bar and Grill, when you're here, you're family. But now we return to your regularly scheduled program. Another urban legend linked to Bachelor's Grove is the boyfriend's death. A young couple park at the cemetery one night for necking or lovemaking. They are interrupted by a radio report that a mass murderer has escaped from a psychiatric hospital nearby and may be headed in their direction. They decide to leave, but naturally, the car will not start. The young man gets out to go for help and instructs the girl to remain in the car. Presently, she hears a strange scratching on the roof, but thinks it's only tree branches. Her date does not return, but soon a police car comes. An officer tells her to get out, walk toward him, and to not look back. And she does. More police cars arrive. The girl's curiosity gets the better of her, and she looks behind her. She is horrified to see the body of her boyfriend hanging head down from a tree, his throat slit ear to ear. His fingernails are scratching the car roof. Sounds familiar, huh? And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our news segment, WTF. Or as I like to say, what the f- So, you know, I am a man of my word. At least I like to think I am. You're a man of many words. I am. And not many good ones. <laughs> <laughs> we discovered something last episode. And if you guys remember, we had an impression that happened. And I said, you know, I need to sound clip this because this is fucking gold. <laughs> right? Oh, no. Now, just to remind you. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. This is a one Mr. Moody having a stroke. <laughs> All right. Sounds pretty good, right? And we had two of them. <laughs> right? Now, this is like, this is good. This is a good sound bit, right? Am I right? Like, listen. <laughs> You hear the emphasis, like he's really having a stroke. Like, okay, so I'm thinking, like, man, this is just too good not to share with the world. Oh my god! So I got a hold of my friends at Mushmouth Records, and I said, "Listen, I got a sound bit that is perfect for you." And they said, "Yeah." I said, "It's not. You can't really use it for a full song. It's kind of just a two clip thing." And they said, "That's okay. We have many, many artists that we work with." So they did a little test sample. They wanted to see where you would place on their music. And I thought, you know what? This is going to be great.
you hallelujah. Girl sent you hallelujah. Girl sent you hallelujah. Cause uptown punk don't give it to you. my word <laughs> when i say i'm gonna do something i do it that was um oh fucking God. amazing moody i didn't know you were so talented i'm a man of many talents yeah apparently mushmouth thinks you have something going you've got so. do they you've yeah. got it kid all right you've got it whatever it is you put, a, you put an s-h <laughs> in front of that and i got that buddy. that's right you got it absolutely that's absolutely amazing and, and dude mushmouth is just throwing out the hits lately oh yeah <laughs> Fuck! Oh man, we got to get video back because my we were literally hurts. dying during <laughs> that entire dude, thing. My side hurts. Oh my god! All right, Pat. What do you think Danny will think of that? <laughs> she already doesn't think that much of me, so it's not gonna make it any worse. It's gonna be her new ringtone. It's gonna be, yeah. dude. She's gonna just look at me and be like, "Yeah, all right, dude, of course that's what happens." Especially the "I will always love you" when he used. <laughs> <laughs> so i was i was creating this and i'm laughing my ass off my girlfriend she's like we're just so funny i'm like you gotta see this i i was laughing so hard and then i i even i was even doing some pitch shifting stuff but it got a little it got ridiculous it got crazy that's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. You are a talented oh, motherfucker, movie. Damn it, dude. It's all right. You gotta watch what you say around here. <laughs> we we hope we're gonna all go out and karaoke. And yeah, like, that sounds yeah, perfect. I got, I got this. We hope you enjoyed your ride on Turnbull Canyon. Right? Turnbull. Turnbull. 
Pebble Canyon Turnbuckle and Bachelors Grove Cemetery. And, uh, you know, I mean, Kevin, hopefully we uh, did all right with that one. I thought it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, especially the last story. I mean, it sounds kind of similar to uh, other stories yeah, out there. Yeah. But, you know, that's what happens. So, hey, and don't forget, you guys can keep voting for upcoming episodes um, that we are going to be picking, you know, randomly. Uh, so you guys can go onto our Facebook page and click on the You Pick the Episode button. The Skeleton Sisters took my favorite on that list. I too. saw that. And, and to be honest, I have to give them a little bit of a, a shout out. Again, uh, specifically because Jesse reached out and she was like, oh, my God, we didn't know that you guys actually were, you know, talking about doing that. Like, on a, they thought it was like a one time deal. What episode? Uh, the Diet uh, Diet Love Pass. Diet, Diet Love Pass. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And uh, she's like, oh, my God, we didn't mean to, like, steal it and do yeah. it and whatever else. I'm like, dude, no, we're going to be doing oh. this for a while. We'll do it eventually. Yeah, no, I definitely yeah. want to do one. I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, anyway, you guys get on there and you can pick the episode. Get on there and vote. Right now, the 27 Club is actually in the lead, which I'm kind of excited about because that's going to be a really dark episode. But it could be, um, you know, we get to talk about a lot of our heroes and shit, too. So, that'd be kind of cool. Listen, just put the hoagie down and vote. It's that simple. Jesus. I just want you to know, I've purposely not said that word this whole time. You're losing. I don't care. I've been losing my whole life. Why the fuck would I start winning now? Very Jesus. true. Very true. And don't forget to head on over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com. <laughs> At our website, you can be, you know, you can buy some uh, super sweet merchandise, got some new shirts up there, some new, um, just all kinds of cool shit. And Every time you guys buy something, we will donate 10% of every sale to the National Association on Mental Illness. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental illness issues, call the NAMI hotline. It's N-A-M-I helpline at 1-800-950-6264. That's the and or the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is at 1-800-273-8255. Or in a crisis, text N-A-M-I to 741-741 because mental health is no fucking joke. Don't forget to send us your creepy shit. We want some creepy stuff. We want any kind of creepy items you got laying around. If you got some fucking haunted dolls and you're like, man, my grandma's had this forever and I've hated it since I was a little kid, send that shit to us. Danny is trying to put the kibosh on that. I saw that. Yeah, I saw. And for once in my life, I'm going to put my goddamn foot down. Ooh. And I'm going to say this right now. Oh, oh boy. It's fucking happening. Oh, wow. Moody, um, on my couch. Don't tell her I said that. <laughs> <laughs> but you can send any of that stuff, including, man, we want to know where you guys are all coming from, where you live, you know, where you listen to the, the show at. Like send us, postcards. yeah, the postcards would be great, man. We'd love to see where you guys are coming from. Also, uh, like like you were saying, uh, Chef Kevin went to Bachelor's Grove. Mm -hmm. If you guys got pictures of shit like that, if you guys have been to somewhere cool, post that shit. We Even if there's that, nothing man. in it, we still want to see it, you know? I'd love to see, like, the areas, what's around it and everything. Like, and just we see, see you. that you've been there and if you've had any experiences. Absolutely. Anywhere, even if it's somewhere that we haven't covered. Yeah, I want to see that for sure. Shit, we man. want all this creepy stuff. By the way, have we had a hot dog explode against the wall yet? We have not. Not that I've I seen. I have yet. not seen the video. We have not Chad, seen that. Chad, Chad, but <laughs> you let me down, bro. We need he that said, exploding hot dog he on the said wall. It was coming, and I haven't seen it yet. I see, know. my luck. I'm going to go to the PO box, which, by the way, is the Midnight Train Podcast PO Box three eight two zero six Olmstead Falls, Ohio. That's O L M S T E D, Ohio four four one three eight. I'm going to open it up and there's going to be a hot dog exploding in my face. That's that. If you could, it'd be like the Unabomber, but with hot dogs. <laughs> dog just you open just, up, it's like, just lip, lips and assholes all over yeah, the place. Dude. That's yeah. Unless he's cool and uses all beef. We did get 
the okay from uh, was it, uh, Cheryl, I believe, to that, yeah, to, to post, post the videos, videos up. Yeah. So, oh, nice. We will be Thank posting you. this. I think I'm going to put those up on our website so people can go in and you guys can check out. Maybe I'll have like an actual like listeners uh, submissions kind of thing. Cool. You know, because we did get the one from uh, Christina Skelton the one time forever yeah, ago yeah, with the, the ago. creepy hand around yeah. the corner and shit. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think Chainsaw's um, got a cool one too. I don't know where he got it from. That one of that staircase. With, like, oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It's the Ollie doll. <laughs> So listeners keep asking how they can help keep the steam in our engines. Well, if you like what you hear, consider being a producer of the show by heading over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon button. For as little as five bucks a month, you can get all kinds of cool shit like a custom shirt, custom poster, custom sticker, bonus episodes. We're going to send random shit out from time to time to producers uh, like koozies and just all kinds of cool shit. We're just going to send random shit out at random times. Naked just because pictures of Jeff. Naked pic. Oh, God. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? And that's just for as little as five bucks a month, and you guys can get all kinds of cool shit. You know what I mean? Um, awesome, you know, awesome, awesome. Sorry, awesome. If you that's you know, so if you're a diehard Midnight Train fan, you want to help you know produce this motherfucking thing. Patreon is for you, and for those of you that would rather just leave a one-time donation to help the show and help us keep going, what we're doing, head on over to PayPal and use the email address the Midnight Train Podcast at gmail.com. Also, something super easy: you can like, subscribe. And rate us on your favorite pod cla- pod podcast. That's kind of like a podcast. Yeah, yeah, but not what? the same. Yeah, <laughs> I caught it. Your caught favorite it. podcast platform, and most importantly, share the midnight train to everyone. It takes only a couple of minutes, and word of mouth is how we're going to, you know, keep moving and get more passengers on this amazing train, and to continue to bring you weekly episodes. We can't thank you guys enough for all the love and support. You guys really do keep is, uh, the whole thing moving. So right now, as we always do towards the end of the show. Big ass midnight train shout out to <gasps> Kevin, Matt, Diana, Christopher, Jacqueline, Katie, Michaela, Tommy Speakerbox, Jessica, and Christina Skelton. And make sure you check out the Sister Skelton podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Riley, Diane, Alina, uh, Stephanie, Ramsey, Julie, Laura, Cynthia, Kirsten, Dawn, Nicola, Chanel, Alex, Emily Ann, Friend Depay, Danny, Melissa, Grace, Stormy, Eva, Rob at the Fun Box Podcast, Melissa, Wayne, Victoria, Hager, Sean, Chainsaw, Jigsaw, Todd, David wow. V, <laughs> David V, Justin K, Juan, Belen, or Belen, Ken and Brad at Voodoo Vodka, Chef Kevin, again, thank you very much for that suggestion. Uh, Katie, uh, and let's see, Davey, our Mexican Vato, we know you're listening out there, buddy. And a very special thank you to our new producers, which are Chad Flint, Cheryl Pierce, Chris McLeod, Kristen, uh, Christina Skelton, uh, Jesse Skelton, uh, Bill Birch, and Samantha Pickworth. If you want your name mentioned on the show, sign up as a member on our website or become a Patreon producer. All right, that was a lot. And the Patreons are about to get some sweet content yeah, here. Yes. Yeah, we're, we got some good stuff in the works. We got a serious battle that's going to get fucking brutal. I've got, I've already got, uh, I've already got second show in the works after movie Ooh. trivia. I've got some ideas for another one. For a Patreon? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. For, for you guys, I'm just going to keep pitting you guys head to head. Oh, nice. shit. In, <laughs> nice. In ridiculous trivia shit. Nice. Do, can we, can we wear clothes? <clears throat> oh, no, 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 no. No? Okay. No. That's kind of what I figured. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, until we get video back, but then it's, you know. Sometimes speed, you got to race. Yeah. 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 No. Speedo. <laughs> I got to hide my hoagie. <laughs> hey, there it is. <laughs> Woo! See, now John, John is good at slipping it in there. That's what, that's what she said. <laughs> the hoagie? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Whereas Jeff, Jeff has been trying to shoehorn it in the whole time. Always trying to shove my hoagie in so, there. So there was like this ghost story, and then the ghost was eating a hoagie. You said it. No, that doesn't count. Yeah, it does. It, it no, counts. It doesn't count. Yes, Give yourself the applause, buddy. Does. I was making yeah. fun of you. you. It counts. You deserve it. All right, so listen. I'm accepting it under protest. <laughs> Patreon listeners and subscribers, producers, make sure you guys are uh, paying attention because we do have a one-on-one -on -one movie trivia between Jeff and I that we're going to be posting up there. <laughs> and in the meantime, always stay safe. We know it's a fucked up world we're living in right now. Be nice to each other. Be kind. Hopefully you're not in the heat wave. Did you see it's like 120 in Louisiana? Ugh. Dude, it was hot last week. It's like it was, record uh, heat. What day was it? Friday? Friday? It was Thursday or Friday. I was looking at the thing and our, our heat index, like it was 90 something. It was, it said it felt like it was like 105. I was like, I'm not it was fucking going outside. Hot. Yeah, you can literally cook food on pavement. It sucks. It it's garbage. Yeah. It's garbage. I can't wait for October like that. Fuck know, yeah, fall, dude. dude. I love Hoodies. fall. Yeah, hoodies and I can't just wait bonfires. October, and... I'm going to go find some creepy shit and yeah. go on location. We should do that. You should do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. In saying that, we love all of you amazing passengers. And as always, choo-choo, motherfuckers!